All right, everyone, welcome to another edition of Game Wild. What's happening, everybody? We are live again as well, and it's great to be live because, well, we get to announce that it has been a full year since SCW uh, yes. has been a Twitch affiliate. Oh, oh, following oh that's right. Year. That's right. I'm forgetting that you subscribing also means that that that's when i hit it because you can't subscribe unless you hit affiliate so i wasn't like putting two and two together there as well yeah and i was um i was i think the first one to subscribe to your channel actually and i believe I you so. were the second and you were the second to subscribe to mine because ed uh edman was the first one to subscribe to mine but anyways it's been a full year of being an affiliate so i guess the the question is is how does it feel and maybe uh, this should have been the question of the week now that we now that we I, realize, yeah, saying, what is it? What is it it's like been to be an affiliate? affiliate. Yeah, um, because I believe I got it in September. You got it in August. I got it in September. I was just right behind you on yeah. it. So, yeah, it's uh, you know, I remember when when we both kind of first hit affiliate, and it was kind of it, it felt like a big deal. And then you know, right. after doing it for a while, it's like, oh, you know, well, it's it's still it's still good to hit affiliate, but if you're trying to be really serious about Twitch and, and content creation and stuff like that, affiliate is a very very minor stepping stone to achieving what you want to achieve. So uh, it's just, I, you know, I still have a lot more to do, I guess is what I'm getting at. And, uh, you know, hitting hitting partner, it's funny because I, I don't really care about hitting partner nearly as much as I care about hitting, um, as much as I care about hitting, hitting affiliate because... I feel like affiliate was like the one of the biggest goals you could do, you know what I mean? Like getting... Because then you have the opportunity happening. to get paid, right? Right, it, yeah, and... and the, the other problem, to be honest with you, is that if you really think about it, um, there's so much more restrictions when you hit partner. So you kind of have to decide what you want to do in regards to, like, do I want to just be uh, an affiliate and make some money and hope that things go well? Or should I, like, really hit it hard and be like, okay, here I go. We're gonna be. We're gonna go for the whole partnership and try to really push everything, you know. So, but with everything that's happening, um, I don't know. It, it almost feels like you get more restrictions by being a partner, and you don't get to spread your wings as much. Yeah, so, I just that's. I'm like I'm not even worried. I'm like just not. I don't care about it now. <laughs> like I, I would rather diversify myself and just make content in multiple spots, like YouTube. Like Twitch, diversify your um, bonds. Diversify, man. So, uh, but yeah, no, it feels good. Very, uh, very thankful to have you subscribing for the year as well. Um, I have returned the favor, so I think my anniversary yeah. is coming up on your channel as well, pretty soon. Next month, yeah. yeah next month. And um, and I've it's just it's cool. Every time I get even one subs, like even just one subscriber now feels really good. It doesn't matter who it is. Oh yeah, it's like you instantly feel like, or at least me personally, I feel like I have a bigger connection with that person when they do subscribe and. Um, I've had a couple people in the Legends of Runeterra community subscribe because obviously right. a lot of Legends of Runeterra stuff. So it's pretty – it's been fun. It's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. And um, so let's move on to the actual question of the week. And this question of the week uh, stems from the fact that once again there was a state of play event that happened this week on Sony's um, you know, website mm -hmm. or whatever. They hosted a bunch of stuff. And we did not cover this one live partially because we were very busy in two – we didn't feel there was going to be anything new to add to the actual announcements for the PlayStation 5, which is what we're really focusing on. The mm -hmm. games are great and everything, but we want to know, hey, price, pre-order time, release date. Those are the three mm -hmm. things we are looking for right now. And Sony has speculated, there's been speculation from Sony that they are going to be releasing um, a price and a date this month sometime but they haven't said when but they did verify that the state of play event was not going to have it and they were on point they did not announce anything new for the playstation 5 in regards to price um, pre-order time mm -hmm. and actual release so the question of the week has to do with what is your favorite playstation 1 game of all time i know what sjw's answer is and i know what my answer is because it's basically what our answers were last week um my favorite playstation game of all time number one is resident evil it came out originally on the playstation okay. it is it revolutionized it created in my opinion survival horror 
it paved the way for Silent Hills and and things like that. It it, it is an influencer, let's say, before influencers were a thing, and helped create a bunch of stuff. And um, am I wrong about your PlayStation One? Well, that's what I, so I was going to say. What are what are you assuming my uh, favorite PlayStation One game was? Was Final Fantasy Seven? Oh, okay. So that's a really good guess uh, because even I, uh, it's all right. So. As far as PlayStation 1 games are concerned, it's very difficult for me to think of just one because there were so many good JRPGs back then. Like the the PlayStation 1 was like the era of JRPGs. It absolutely smashed everything as far as having the best JRPG games. So like Stewie Coden comes to mind, Wild Arms, Chrono Cross, Chrono Trigger. Like those are – or Chrono Trigger is essentially – or technically on Super Nintendo I think. But Chrono Cross was amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, There was so many good games. So it's – and then Final – okay. All right. Let's do this. All right. We're going to go because Final Fantasy X is my favorite Final Fantasy of all time. And I usually flip-flop between what's my second and third. And Mm -hmm. it kind of depends. When the Final Fantasy VII remake came out, it was, you know, Final Fantasy VII is like my second favorite Final Fantasy because it reminded me of it. But as a kid, I remember very clearly Final Fantasy VIII was actually my favorite Final Fantasy as a kid. So I don't know why because, like, now I think I appreciate the Final Fantasy VII story a little bit more than I did back when I was younger. Sure. Um, yeah. Final Fantasy VIII for me at the time had better graphics, like the best, like, RPG graphics you could have at the time. Obviously right. now it looks terrible, but, but it was good for 3D, you know, animation and a 3D world. And the junction system and the way that you went about building your characters, um, yep. and like the draw system where you could like draw magic out of people that you found in battle. I just thought that it was one of the more complex and better battle systems out there. Sure. So uh, I'm gonna go with Final Fantasy VIII, but I'll tell you, barely. Because Final Fantasy VII's there, Final Fantasy IX's there, Chrono Cross, Suicoden, Wild Arms, all Suicoden two, like all of these Wild Arms. All these yeah, yeah Wild Arms two, three, like all these JRPGs were absolutely amazing. Ooh, Chrono see now I'm thinking like Chrono Cross. Now I'm thinking like Chrono Cross, like maybe that's my favorite. Cause I love the story as, as well with Chrono Cross. So I don't know, man. They they're all good, but I'm gonna I'll go with Final Fantasy VIII. All right, there you go. So I had the genre right. I had oh, and there's the, Tony Hawk the, Pro Skater, though. It's like, who didn't like Tony Hawk yeah, Pro Skater? It's fair, but it's like favorites, favorites, favorites. So, uh, I guess, I guess. Anyways, right. as always, conflicting reports on our question of the week and <laughs> us being lame on all of our answers. But anyways, now let's go to something that's a little bit more lame. Um, so we don't really do a lot of politics here, but this is one that's affecting, it could be affecting gaming and it has to come with, uh, bans to some, uh, companies in China that have different types of apps, including some stuff from Tencent, which is really your bread and butter right now, because Tencent does uh, own Riot Games, which is mm-hmm. where League of Legends is and Legends of Runeterra and stuff like that. Um, right now, it looks like it won't affect anything, but there are fears out there in the gaming community because when this ban came out, a lot of stocks dropped. Tencent stock dropped, EA stock dropped, a couple of other gaming company stocks dropped when this ban came out. Even though it did not directly affect video games, it set some type of precedent that could affect foreign game makers um mm-hmm. including tencent obviously owning a hundred percent of riot games having a five percent share in blizzard activision and a 40 percent share in epic games where roughhouse deals usually comes from so if we lose epic if we lose epic games i'm really gonna have to dig for you guys to get a roughhouse deal for you but anyway <laughs> it being said that's uh from an article from forbes and like like it's it's put out basically the ban starts september 20th on tiktok and wechat wechat is the one that is being affected the most in regards to um tencent because tencent is i guess basically using or owns a good amount of wechat so what do you think are you afraid that this could go further that if this actually fall, goes through and there aren't in some legal precedent in this set that foreign games made from from communist countries could possibly be <laughs> i like how you just say from communist countries just like yeah them communists we ain't supporting them um, No, i'm just no i mean that it, but it's true i i mean yeah you're not <laughs> you're not I'm lying not, 
Um, you're not like it's not an incorrect statement to say that they're a communist country. I, I guess. Oh my God, this Trump. I mean, there's the Trump side of this, which is Trump is right. Trump, and then there's right. then there's the China side of this, where China is China. So it's like right. you just there's this constant battle, I think, with China, and I think now there's always not even just now, all right. There's always been multiple times where China has kind of gotten, or sorry, gaming, I should say, has gotten caught in the middle of China versus U.S. Yeah, and. It's so stupid because I hate that video games get caught in the middle of it. But they always will. Any type of media that's, you know, focused and in a sense is going to have that problem. And, um, you know, we don't make this a a political podcast by any stretch and we won't. And we're going to focus more on the gaming side and the impact. But like, but unfortunately, politics is it it affects like it has affected gaming more in the last year, year and a half than it has in the past. Which right. is unfortunately why it ends up like that's why we're even pulling up an article about Trump at all. Like now there's actually politicians and presidents and all these people out there that are making decisions and doing things that are actually affecting like just gaming in general. And, and it sucks. But as far as as far as the actual order. So the or- it actually stated that Fortnite in those games would not be affected. Um, League of Legends. I don't think that the world especially because everybody's so hyper aware now of how video games have helped people get through COVID. And like, there's, there's a lot of positive mental aspects of video games that have come to light now because of COVID-19. I don't think the world would actually allow like the president to simply make an order that says, okay, league of legends is now not available in the NA because league of legends is so freaking popular. Well, the the world doesn't really matter in this case. The only thing that matters is America, right? Because it's only going to be banned in America. If you That's were I mean. to go across the border, you would be able to play the game if that were to happen. Yeah, I think that there's a bigger voice there that might actually kick people into actually voting more is if something like this were to happen and it affects them. Because let's face mm-hmm. it, people talk about why younger generations don't vote as much and why it's because they don't feel like their rights and their stuff is being affected as much. And so it takes something to happen. It's like what I always look with sick people, right? Is that like, if you get somebody who's, who's rich, who gets sick and then survives something, all of a sudden they're like the super huge advocate for it because they survived it. Right. It's like, you wouldn't have done this 10 years ago when you were a multimillionaire. The only reason you're doing it is because you were affected by it and you want to make sure other people don't get it. But no one just randomly says, I'm a rich dude. I'm going to pick a cause and I'm going to run with it unless it, 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 it favors them in some way. And it just, it just happens to be that that's just human nature. Right. I think that's just how it is. And I, I think that would be the case that a lot of 18 to 24 year olds who play Fortnite would probably be more apt to go to the polls this year if Fortnite was banned because it's because of like who ran the game or whatever than if nothing else happened. So, um, but anyways, I don't think it's going to happen. I think that, you know, the, the whole reason this is happening is because they're mobile apps. They have the ability to access your phone. There's a lot of data there. I don't think gaming and granted, yes, they have mobile games too, but I don't think that it's going to affect the video game industry. I think they're going after these mobile apps because they're big. They've taken off and they're on pretty much everyone's phone. I will say I do not have TikTok nor WeChat on my phone at all. I don't know about you. <laughs> I have I have experimented with TikTok. Um, oh. it's it's yeah, I've I've put some TikTok videos for gaming up there and it's definitely yeah. interesting to say the least. But um yeah, I, I when I first saw this a couple months ago about like TikTok being banned in the NA, I didn't really care too much about it because it, it was totally plausible that the, that some other country, regardless of if it's China or not, could be using an app to like steal data. I mean that's that's definitely right. a thing nowadays. But Tencent is like is similar to like Google or Amazon in China, and mm-hmm. um, because they're just they're a big conglomerate that owns yep. Riot, Epic, yeah, sure. all these people. So I don't think like if 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 the president were to sign something in America that says like, all right, Amazon, everything, all these games by Amazon or all these games by Google, like can no longer like that's not gonna or like Facebook, all the stuff they've tried doing with Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg yep. about how like he's trying to steal stuff. It's, it's obviously very hard for them to actually get anywhere with that. I feel like this sure. would be similar if it actually got that far. If it got to the point where they're like, all right, guys, NA, you guys can't play any Riot-owned or Epic-owned games, it's not going to happen. There's no way. Like, yeah. NA won't let it happen. 
the world won't let it happen. Tencent will let it happen. It's going to go through so many different avenues before they actually allow something like that to happen. So I yeah, think no, it would fine. be far away. I'm actually kind of surprised that this actually went through so fast, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but we could see some some stuff happen where it gets changed or overturned or whatever. I don't. I'm not really a politician, so I don't know how difficult or easy it is for a executive order from the president to be overturned. But I know that there are are some checks and balances within um, the Senate, I believe, that help like Mm -hmm. say, okay, well, an executive order gets passed. We have the ability to kibosh it. So there's still some checks and balances. I I love I like that term. (laughs) Kibosh. Maybe I'll use that while casting today. (laughs) We're always trying to find new vocab for the cast. So new vocab for the cast. Kibosh it. All right, guys, so let's go on to more video game centric stuff here. And so as stated earlier in the podcast, the state of play happened for Sony, where basically they just showed off some more games, nothing too Mm -hmm. crazy, nothing that actually like blew our mind because it was really updates to PlayStation 5 titles, some stuff for PS4, and there was a lot of VR focus from what I understand here. Um so, you know, just going through some of the games that I see here, they did Crash Bandicoot 4, It's About Time, which is funny because everyone, like, wants Crash Bandicoot back, and, well, he's back. It's about so time he's back. back. <laughs> it's about time, apparently. Uh-huh. See what I did there? <laughs> this is why you're lame. <laughs> oh, you think that's lame. Oh, you think that's lame. I've, I've well, made no, way more fun on oh, screen. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, have. So... So there you go. There's uh, they announced Hitman Three will have a PlayStation VR mode and a first person perspective, which gives you a whole new way to be a hitman. I'm excited for there that game. Go. That game is like it's been a while, and I don't know. It looks like they're saying this is going to be the last one, the last iteration in the series. I'm not sure if that's the case or not. Um, I hope not. But yeah, Hitman. Oh, this is going to be such a good game. My grandpa plays this game. Okay, my grandpa's in his 80s and he likes <laughs> this game. All right, that, that just goes to show you how good of a game this is. All right. <laughs> yeah right so um braid the anniversary edition um was also shown off um supposed to come out in 2021 but i don't know i don't really know too much about that game they came they showed a game called the pathless mm-hmm. um which was on the ps5 it's a mythic adventure game set in a forest spelunky 2 um <laughs> whatever the hell that is. Um, <laughs> Um, but it's a multiplayer game, I guess, uh, with a bunch of in-game. Oh, I'm just, I'm stuff. just waiting until you get to the most important one on this list. Um, <laughs> it's not, it's not Aeon Must Die. No, it's not that. Which is the limestone game uh, and nope. focused home interactive, nope. uh, intense two D action game with a Saturday morning cartoon aesthetic. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't like Saturday morning cartoons, though, right? So. I'm, I'm gonna skip over the next one because I don't know how to pronounce it. Oh man. <laughs> What a legend, Bug Snacks. Oh, that's the one. There we go. Go a whole presentation without some more Bug Snacks. Dude, it appeared this- about halfway through the presentation. Apparently, the game features a first-person point of view as you, a journalist, investigate the island and learn about the various Bug Snacks occupying. Dude, it. you'll need food to feed characters their favorites, and even make use of traps to capture certain creatures. You, the game will have a physical map to help you stay on track as well. You ruined it. You were supposed to. We talked about this. We didn't actually what, talk about it? this, but no, we didn't. We, you're supposed to do that entire paragraph with an Australian accent. What's I wrong with you? Dude, this game, this freaking game, I have seen so many memes. And like, and like if you go on Snapchat, I don't know how often you use Snapchat on your phone. Nope. I can't tell you how many times I've watched like IGN Snapchat or whoever else's Snapchat about like video game news. And there's a bug snacks joke in almost every single like everything. Anything related to video games has a bug snacks joke in it. There's memes all over the internet. It's everywhere. This game is going to like for some reason. Okay, this is what I think. I think bug snacks is has a very similar look and feel to Animal Crossing. And it's mm. it's it. Technically, it looks different. It's got a little bit of uh, different graphics and stuff like that. But I think that Bug Snacks will become like the Animal Crossing of PlayStation and just like appeal to that younger audience and appeal to the older audience because it's so like gimmicky and funny. Um, and just like you could zone out, like you're just collecting apparently the Bug Snacks on the island. So, like, 
it's and I you're don't know. People yeah, you're gonna like raise a strawberry that walks around like a spider. Like, all right, whatever. <laughs> it's yeah, hey, right. whatever, whatever works to keep people busy during COVID, right? <laughs> so, um, the next one actually looks pretty cool. Star Wars Vader Immortal. It's coming to the PSVR after previously launching on the Oculus. Um, so it lets you master the Force and your lightsaber skills as you battle against the legendary Sith Lord Darth Vader. Coming out on August 25th of PSVR, so that's happening. Uh, Control, which is um, one of the most acclaimed games from last year, will have new DLC, um, so that'll be cool. A game called The Pedestrian, a quirky platforming game. Makes sense. Do we see The Pedestrian at the PlayStation Conference? I didn't see it in the first one. Um, Use of it's signs to the and PS4 pictures. in 2021, it says, so it's interesting. You know what kills me about this this particular conference, though, is like, wh- why would you, in a time where everybody is literally just worried about when's the next PS5 conference and when's the next Xbox uh, Series X conference, why does nobody cared about this? Nobody actually cared about this except to like maybe see the Bugs Next presentation. <laughs> like, and we already saw Hitman. It was at the other one. Well, I'd be in. I'd be in on Bugs Next. I think we already saw Crash Bandicoot was at the PlayStation one. I think we saw yeah. Spelunky was also at yeah. the reveal. Maybe. I'm pretty sure both of those were. So, like, in a lot of these, again, they're all for PS4. So, I just, I don't know. Personally, as a as a well, PlayStation here's a guy, five game. Oh, Outlaws and Legends. A new PS5 game, Hood Outlaws and Legends, is from Sumo Newcastle and Focus Home Interactive. <laughs> the medieval game is dark and dreary, and it features wraiths who brag about being able to bypass defenses to strike their enemies. They promise to take back what was stolen and considered themselves heroes. So there you go. There's another one right there. That's a PlayStation 5 game. And Temtem. So this is a Pokemon-like wait. game. It's uh, that's is it's being pushed out, and it's a PS5 game. It's being it's gained traction on PC and features online play and easy to use communication systems so players can interact with each other. It's coming in 2021, but it says it's gained traction on PC. So um, we'll have to look up Temtem. I mean, listen, I just I just looked up some of the this looks like almost a direct rip off of (laughs) like it's literally Pokemon with like different looking characters and graphics. Wow, it's, it is. Yeah, it's the same God. exact thing. It's like even to the point where the Pokemon-like characters look like Pokemon. Well, yeah, I mean, I think if you're gonna try to take it, you're gonna take it all the way. I, I guess, right? I mean, I guess technically, it's probably different enough, or it doesn't infringe on any copyright or whatever. Right, but exactly. It's yeah. like <laughs> Jesus. So we'll see. We'll see if Temtem can take it, take off. I don't think so. I like. I think that Pokemon has such a stranglehold on the market. Of it's course like, it's just going to sell decently to people who maybe just are like anti Nintendo and just absolutely don't want to play Nintendo. Who the and hell is anti Nintendo? Exactly. That's like a very small, minute audience. So like, even though you could be an Xbox fan or a PlayStation fan, I'm pretty sure you just by default, a Nintendo plan like, or a fan. Like you can't, you can't not like Nintendo. You're just not like a true gamer. If you, if you dislike Nintendo. So right. I remember, I remember back in the day, though, where it was Nintendo was on the same like playing field as Xbox and PlayStation. So there were a lot of people that disliked Nintendo, like when GameCube came out. Mm-hmm. People were like, oh, Nintendo's horrible. GameCube is not even close to Xbox and PS2 and whatever. But then people realized after GameCube and like the Wii came out that, oh, Nintendo's just doing its own thing now. So I guess right. we're just going to like Nintendo because they're cool and they're Nintendo. And then Xbox and PlayStation can just go fight over stuff. So um yeah exactly. you, you can't not like nintendo <laughs> right and then finally they uh ended with godfall which is an action rpg um they showed new gameplay this is uh on the ps5 development kit the gameplay was fast moving combat system that utilized dashing to move in and out of danger supported co-op play with up to two others and the world is split up into earth water air and fire realms there are no microtransactions in this game, and there will there is a mad god waiting to be challenged. You'll be rewarded for aggressive play, and there are five different weapon classes to try out. So when we originally saw Godfall, we were like, wow, this looks a lot like Monster Hunter. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of sounds like it's going to have a very Monster Hunter-esque look to it and feel the way it's being played out. So, I mean... 
you know, it's a good setup. Like I've always enjoyed some good monster hunter. So well, all right. Actually, speaking of monster hunter, mm-hmm. and this is a kind of a side topic, just because I saw this the other night, I really want to. I really want to play this. Do you remember playing Monster Rancher? Yes. Wasn't that game the shit? It was just fun to collect all the CDs and just put a CD in and see what monster you got. Like you'd put in some stupid ass CDs just to see what would happen. <laughs> well, well. By the way, and it was an anime uh, that I used to watch Monster yep. Rancher too. That was a really good. They are re-releasing Monster Rancher. And I, unfortunately, though, from at least what I've seen, it's being released in the East. So it's going to be in uh, Japanese or Korean or something like that. I'm very much hoping they release it as a North American version. So we'll see if we actually do get that. That's very typical, unfortunately, of anime games, too, right? Like any games that are based off anime, a lot of times they'll get an Eastern release, like either way before we get it or just period. Like we'll just never get it. Um, so you need like a translator yeah. or something to play. It. Um, Super yeah, fast. the the biggest. So to to hit on that, the biggest one that I was disappointed in that never came to the never came to the West to North America was a PlayStation Two title, Namco X Capcom, which was a um, a basically a turn based turn based RPG. Yeah, with. The, Capcom and Namco characters. So Street Fighter, Tekken, Mega Man, but in a tactical RPG. So you would be put on a board, you'd have like three or four characters that you could choose from as a team, and you'd go through the story. Never came to North America. I ported it and played it for a little bit. Like I hacked my PlayStation 2 so I could play um, you know, gotcha. Japanese games. Yep. Couldn't could couldn't really follow the story because it was all in Japanese, but Played it a little bit. It was pretty cool, I have to say. And you got, you know, you could play Ryu, Ken. You could have. So it was. It, they never got the Western release. Mm-mm. Wow, nope. that's crazy to me, especially a game like that. Like that seems like it would get a Western release, but I don't know. I guess sometimes fighting games like Evo is usually held in Japan, as an example. Well, mm-hmm. <laughs> Rip Evo. Uh, so Evo is usually held in Japan. So I, th- I think fighting games are. Another thing that's more of like an Eastern type. Uh, yeah, but this is a tactical RPG, so it was definitely in the realm. That's when tactical RPGs were really starting to go, kind of come aboard. So maybe it? they just didn't feel like, what? What year was this? Like back when? Like, oh my God, probably like early 2000s. Two, um, okay, yeah. So like Final Fantasy Tactics, I think, came around. That When was that released? Final Fantasy Tactics. So May, May, 20, May 26, 2005. And Final Fantasy Tactics was released in... Okay, never mind. That was released way earlier. It was 1998 in North America. God. Tactical RPGs. I love tactical RPGs, man. Yeah, but I think the biggest thing was is that... And maybe it was because it was difficult to get all of the the characters um, for a North American release. But, like, (laughs) you basically had pretty much anyone that was in the Capcom or Namco world as a playable fighter. So... It was pretty cool. Nice. All right. Well, um, again, yeah. actually, you know what's interesting, and I don't know because you look at some stuff. Oh yeah, that's a game ID's fandoms. It, I was just like looking on it and Google and thinking like maybe they really re-released it and like for the PlayStation Four or Five or something, but they didn't, or we're going to. Well, based on what I was looking there, so. I'm just gonna say the obvious with the state of play thing, and it's that we didn't get a freaking price or release date. So honestly, I see something like this and I just get pissed. So I, uh... <laughs> yeah, you know, they still need to show off like the stuff that's going to be on the system. And granted, they, they, I think they showed more stuff off that was kind of like PlayStation centric in general, like PSVR and some PS4 titles. Yeah, so. but I feel like most of the stuff was already showed off at the last PlayStation conference. Like, like we got at least like four or five of these games were already showed off at the PlayStation conference. So they literally yeah, they showed just... them again. Well, they're just well. There's some, you know, um, you know, progress being made, and I think that's part of what they're trying to show too. Uh, I think I think some of them like gameplay. Here's here's the progress, you know. know. Hood Outlaws looks pretty interesting. Godfall Um, looks good. That one, Godfall looks good. This Hood game does look kind of interesting. You know, third person perspective, medieval. It's coming in 2021, so who knows what that means? um, Outside of it being in 2021, so there you go. Now, for our next topic, probably the more controversial topic 
Oh, um, oh, this is controversial, all right. <laughs> don't even get me started. So, if you guys don't already know, I'm a big Spider-Man fan, as you can see. Wait, what? You are? And I thought um, a couple of weeks back, it was announced that, or it feels like a couple of weeks, but it might only have been a week and a half, um, that Spider-Man is coming to the Avengers game. However, Spider-Man is an exclusive to the PlayStation version yep. of Avengers. Yep. Now, this has created a, a minor divide between myself and SJW because we're on different sides of the fence. I found this article from Game Crate uh, by Cody Perez, who wrote this in uh, uh, yesterday, actually, which was August 7th. We're recording on August 8th. And he breaks down some really interesting points in regards to the impact of something like this. And I don't know if I would have had the same thought process 10 years ago, because this has been ongoing since video games has been a thing. And there's been competition within video game systems. You know, you've had Nintendo Sega, and then you had Sony coming into the mix after a little while. Then Microsoft came in, Sega fell apart. You had other companies like TurboGrafx-16 coming in, Neo Geo, Jaguar from Atari. Uh, you know, Atari was in it for a little bit. But so you've always seen companies face off with each other and say, hey, let's get some exclusivity. But the majority of the exclusivity was never, wasn't really content based, it was game based. So You'd be like, okay, this game's only coming out for Nintendo. So if you want this game, you're getting it. It hasn't been since I would probably say the last 10 years maybe where games have started to maybe even five. I don't even know. But where gaming has kind of gone to a point where it's like, hey, we're going to release on all platforms. But we're going to do something special for a specific system. So... For instance, like Call of Duty would have some versions of Call of Duty where it's like we're releasing early on PlayStation, let's say, or we're giving you a special combat pack that's only available on PlayStation. So this is not anything new, right? It's just more. So then what's the problem? The problem is, is that I think gaming is evolving and this is becoming a problem due to the evolving. And this is where I'm going with that is, okay, it's one thing to be like, hey, I'm a PlayStation lifer and I'm happy that this is happening. But it's another thing to say, and this goes back, this goes to cross-platforming, okay? The one thing I never thought I would see uh, in video games is the ability to own a different system and play with it. There's a South Park episode that came out a year or two ago. Um, actually, no, it was it was a couple years ago where it was Xbox versus the PlayStation 4. And in this episode, okay, they basically come together as a group of friends and say, all right, we need to vote. Are we buying a PlayStation 4 or are we buying an Xbox One? Okay. Because we're a group of friends. And we want to so play, play together. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Right? So, And it becomes a divide. There's the Xbox team. There's the PlayStation team. And it becomes a funny war. Okay, okay but so now you're like, saying that there but, shouldn't even be multiple systems then. No. But here's the thing. But then cross-platforming starts to become a thing within the last year or two. Yeah. And people can own a PlayStation 4 and an Xbox One. And they can play together. Or own a PC. And play together. So you're saying that this prevents cross-platform play, possibly, because now you're no. a character in one game, not the other. Well, you're 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 causing some divide there, I think, and that and I think that's the yeah. problem. And you know, I have seen this in the past where gaming companies do supplement, which it looks like Crystal Dynamics slash uh, Square Enix is not doing it this time. Where okay, there was exclusivity of a character for one system, but they gave the other system something else. So it was like you got an equal share. If you had the Xbox, you got this character. If you got the PlayStation, okay. you got this character. And it kind of at least made people feel like that they weren't not they weren't getting shafted a little bit. But do you okay? Let me ask you one question. Do you believe that competition creates paid. creativity? And but hold on a second, because this isn't competition though. This, this is, is competent. This is this whole no. thing is bred from business competition. competition. How this is, is why, how would you buy Spider Man for PlayStation? 
Why, why else? Why else would on. PlayStation go? We only want Spider-Man. It's because of the competition. That's literally oh, it. No, no, no. Hold on, though. You're, 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 you're saying that competition sparks creativity. Yeah. Yes, it does, but not in this specific case. Okay, why not? Because you're getting. You're, who? What the? What's creativity got to be for? Uh, no, no, no. This is just one minor. This is one minor piece of the competition in the grand scheme of things. I'm not saying that them buying Spider-Man means that one specific thing is going to be created. I'm saying that this is just one thing in a bigger picture of we're going to make God of War exclusive for PlayStation. Well, what? So now you're going to get pissed because God of War is only on PlayStation, not on Xbox. Halo is only on no. Xbox. Well, no. I'm going to get pissed because now I can't play it on my PlayStation. No. So here's the thing. Once again, we had this discussion earlier. Those are companies that were owned or are owned. So who are you mad at here? So who, who, what company are you mad at for making this decision? Square Enix and uh, Crystal Dynamics. So you're mad at the the third party. The third party is the one who developed the game. So yeah. Okay. So now, but now you don't think that obviously the third party is going to get money from this transaction. They're getting. So here's the thing. Right. So here's the thing. So here's the thing. Um, based on everything that I read, Spider-Man, they have not said anything about Spider-Man being a paid DLC character, which means that if you get Marvel's Avengers for the PlayStation 4, you get Spider-Man for free with the game. What I'm saying is Sony paid Square Enix to only have Spider-Man show up on Sony. They're, they didn't say that, but I'm assuming... I guarantee that's what happened behind it. You, you know but, as well as I do. But, but the point of the fact is is that it, it it's a it's probably something where I don't even think Sony paid anything. It was more of Sony saying, hey, listen, we get a cut of any PlayStation game sold, right? So if we give you Spider-Man, the most like, likely situation is, is that more people are going to buy it on our PlayStation than Xbox. Now, I've never really looked at the numbers to say how many people in this world both own an Xbox and a PlayStation, Right, yeah. so I don't even know where the divide is on that. Well, actually, you, you bring up a good point. So it also could have been the other way around. Instead of Sony paying Square Enix to do that, Sony, I'm pretty sure, has all the rights to Spider-Man now. So, so they have the rights to a certain situation of Spider-Man. So it's really convoluted. Yeah, like for example, like Marvel and Disney, who who still have certain rights to Spider-Man, they can use him in animated shows that are less than an hour. So that's why yeah, there's that's so, that's so ridiculous. So that's why, but like that's why Sony made Spider Verse, Spider Man into the yeah. Spider Verse because it's yeah. an animated cartoon that was more than um, that's more than a half hour. But that's why Disney has 23 minute Spider Man shows on their Disney character because they have the right to do that. Yeah, that, that, that but it's like stupid, so, but... and then like Universal owns the rights to Spider Man for their theme park, so Disney can't use spider-man in theme parks because universal has the rights to spider-man in the theme parks right so it's just like so convoluted how marvel okay but this is my point spider-man look at all the things that you just mentioned and you spider-man is not the only instance of something like this happening in video games no 100 in any in any type of realm of possibility but it but okay so so people are literally just crying crying and whining that they can't play spider-man on their xbox that's literally the only issue here like, you know, and you're a business guy. You know as well as I do, this is business. This is capitalism. Capitalism is half of the reason we are in the spot we are in right now because capitalism also creates creativity because capitalism is competition. So what there is nothing bad from people pushing more competition by saying, we made a really cool product. We're going to have exclusive rights to this product. So you guys can't have it, and we're going to make more money off of it. So now right. you guys create something that's better than Spider-Man, to, to try to combat that. That's where the creativity comes <laughs> That's super difficult because – you Spider-Man's the shit. I, I, yeah, yeah, I get yeah. it. Yeah. All right. But, okay. All right. But listen, this this does have some ramifications, right? Because you talk about the wallet situation, right? They're making more money. Well, in some cases, depending on the size of people who are disappointed in this decision, who decided that they were going to buy the game originally when it was going to come out and may not now, but not buy it on any platform, which means Crystal Dynamics doesn't make any money whatsoever because there is a movement of people who are like, listen, we're just not going to buy the game because of this decision. So there is something that could be said to the fact that this could be counterproductive for them in some way because 
people might just band together and be like, no, we're not going to buy it. Of course, you're going to still have that small amount of people who are going to be like, hey, I'm going to buy it anyways. Or I own a PlayStation and I own an Xbox, so I'm just going to buy it for the PlayStation. I think that there is a show there that people are probably going to be like, eh. And to be fair, I mean, people made fun of the game before anything even came up because of the way all the Avengers looked. But it was like people were making memes. Have you ever seen Spaceballs, the movie Spaceballs? So do you remember the part where they got captured and it was all the stunt doubles? that were captured it was they people were making memes about it saying that the marvel avengers in the game are the stunt doubles because they look similar <laughs> awesome. to like to the guys but they yeah, aren't yeah, yeah. actually there but um you know it just it, it leaves a bad taste in some people's mouths i think in this case where you know they were looking forward to this and it goes back to the whole thing look at the whole battle between disney and and um Sony in regards to the Spider-Man being in the Marvel movies, like that was huge, right? That was like one of the oh, biggest that, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a lot but, of backlash to Sony because of that. Yeah, right. And but in Sony caved, and they were like, "All right, we're gonna make it. We're gonna we're gonna bring in Spider-Man." And and it, were we better off for it? Yes or no? Oh yeah, yeah. Or, I, I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and we could be better off for it if they decide to bend on this and say, "Listen, we'll make Spider-Man an exclusive PlayStation character for X amount of time, and then release it for other people." Yeah, I think that's the way to go. I, I'm not saying that it would be bad if they did put it on both systems. I think ultimately, for everybody in general, looking at it from a completely unbiased standpoint, yes, that's better. Spider-Man's in both games, but We're like, I don't see how you complain that a company. Is doing like if you just look at it rationally, this is a no-brainer decision on the side of Sony. If there's enough people that complain about it, sure, now it's going to get in both games, and that's literally the type of market we're in right now. Is if enough people complain publicly about something happening, the company just is forced to do it at that point. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. I mean, if everybody tweets that, oh my god, my life's going to be terrible because I can't play Spider-Man on Xbox. This well, is what I was telling you earlier. It's not it's about like people being. That's not about life. It's just about the fact that like. Once again, I think gaming is becoming less inclusive and it's becoming more of a community more? situation. You mean more inclusive? More inclusive. Yeah. yeah. Like it's like people are able to play together on all different things and and the landscape is changing. Like I said, I don't think anyone would have blinked an eye about this five or ten years ago. No, it but wouldn't even have been on the radar. Yeah. Because people are like, listen, we're trying to say if you own a PlayStation 4, you shouldn't be subject to not being able to play with other people. And, and the same thing with Xbox and, and PC in some respects. And I think that type of, you know, coming together as a community is what this is against, right? It's saying, hey, you shouldn't be able to play with someone who can get different characters and stuff like this. Everyone should be able to have everything. See, I guess... If they're going to be doing this way. And it's just... I guess that's the part I'm not agreeing with, right? Is that... I fully understand why Spider-Man or anything for that matter is better in the hands of everybody as if we come together as a community. What I'm not understanding is like I just – this is always going to be a thing. So as much as the community is evolving to be more inclusive and to have everything cross-platform and for everybody to be able to play together and yada, yada, yada. Like I get that. This, this is never going to go away. So either it's content – or it's a product. It's it's something or the other that's going to happen in the future. This is going to continue to happen. Gaming exclusivity is never going to go away. No, it's content not. content exclusivity. I beg to differ. I think so I, there's a difference between coming up more because of the era that we're in right now. I but I think this is your first chance to look at it and say that that could be a problem because if more people come together on the next thing that's that's going to be exclusive content wise but it's available for all platforms I think that's where it's going to become a problem. Listen, I get the whole business aspect of it but that can backfire on you too, right? Like let's go to let's go into the automobile automobile industry for example, right? Automobile industry sees a car they find out that there's a there's something that should be recalled. They do a statistical analysis about whether or not it's going to cost them more money to ignore the problem versus actually right because it's a business decision. Now, any safety decision which has come to light in past, it has to be that could up. yeah. It but and I know this is an extreme idea, but my point being is that if you're going to go strictly on the fact that they're making a business decision, business decisions don't necessarily make the best sense for the fans as a whole. And I think yeah, I that's what I'm trying to say is that, listen, 
Spider-Man should be for everyone. And I believe that to be fair in all media. Spider-Man is a Spider-Man you is just a want everybody that to love Spider-Man. Well, so then how do you, how do you explain like streamers now too? Cuz then this kind of goes into the whole we just, you know, Ninja had a contract and actually I can I'll bring up uh, the Dr. Dish okay. here too. Uh, so Ninja was on Mixer, Shroud was on mm-hmm. Mixer. You have Dr. Mm-hmm. Disrespected was on Twitch. Now that's a shit show now. Um, and mm-hmm. we'll get into that in a second. But so how do you kind of compare that stuff, right? You have I don't, and I'll tell you why because well, you don't have to, the content, but you don't have to pay for it. Okay, uh, right? Like you okay, know, but because because you, you don't have, have to, and there's ads. And you, there's like, you, yeah, okay, but you don't have to pay for it if. Of course, you're paying with your time, but that that removes the whole exclusivity comment to it, though, right? Because you're paying with your time, whether or not you can get them on Twitch, you can get them on Mixer, you can yeah, get them I on Facebook Live. But so still, that does, so that's irrelevant. Exclusive content. So they yeah. are, but you're not. But you, as a consumer, are not because yes, you do have an ad if you're not paying for their subscription, sure. But you're not paying to watch them. And if you're going to go into the because you have to eliminate internet. You have to eliminate buying a computer, all this stuff, a phone, whatever you're watching it on, because whether or not it was exclusive or he was on every platform, you'd still need those things. So if we're talking directly straight up to be able to access his content, it is free. Okay. So you're saying that because because this stuff is free technically. Okay. I mean See, but you have I to think... pay for the but you have to pay for the other things. If yeah. you want to play for Mar if you want to play as Spider-Man with Marvel Avengers, you have to buy Marvel Avengers specifically on a PlayStation 4 to be able to play him and they have not announced whether okay, or not so... he is going to be free or not. So if he's also a downloadable character you have to pay for, then even more extreme. But I think he is going to be part of the package. I think he's just like, okay, hey, but now you let's buy say, it, you but still you're paying for it. Let's say gaming evolves and we know it's headed in this direction eventually. Mm-hmm. Mixer and Twitch start charging. Or, well, not Mixer, but Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, they start charging uh, a $2 a month fee to access their channels. Mm-hmm. Then it's the same situation. So now you're still, okay, well, Ninja's only on Mixer. I have to pay to access Mixer. And Ninja's only on Twix. So I have to pay to access Twitch. And that's it why this will never happen. happen. But that will never happen. That's why. You think you things think, like you think Twitch is never going to charge to to like have a Twitch account and watch whoever you want? Nope. Oh, dude. I, no, uh, no. That is just bad. No way. They, there is literally no way they don't ever do that. They already do it now. And they've been very successful. And they've been they do it better. Twitch doesn't charge. I no, I mean that's what I'm saying. They don't do it now. I yeah. said they don't do it now. They don't charge people to be on that to be on the platform, right? They make money through ad revenue. They make money through other means. They are not going to force people to charge for a subscription because then you're infecting the. But see, all right then, if you're going to go that route, right? If you're going to go that route, you are now affecting the content creators because you're asking Twitch to charge for people to view people on there. Yeah, they probably and then on top of it, they're probably get a cut at that point. That's that's a whole But that, but but that's yeah. the the significance YouTube, of that would be crazy. YouTube is doing something similar. Like that's where that's the route that I think Twitch would go, right? YouTube is it was free. It was 100% free. It was 100% free since it released in like 2004 until what? Mm-hmm. 2012. Right. Like and then they made premium with had no ads. And then they made red. Now there is content that requires you to pay to access it. And not only that, the content that is free has significantly more ads than it used to have in the past. We, we all know that's true. Mm-hmm. So that's exactly what I think is going to end up happening with Twitch. And at that point, it's the same deal. You have to pay to access one creator here and one creator there. It's the same and I think what and I, and I think what's going to end up happening, but here's the thing, you, you're going to get a forced situation where I think people will band together and there'll be a mutiny on the bounty. And, oh, uh, dude, I know gonna... that. There's no way. It's it's freaking okay. Amazon. You think you think anybody's gonna be able to do anything about what Amazon does? Are you shitting me? We'll see. Like, let's let's be realistic here. I mean, that that would have to. Well, now, granted, actually, so segue to Doctor Disrespect. So, mm-hmm. if there is ever a time that maybe Amazon gets called out for some bullshit, it might be here. Um, I let me let me preface this by saying. Overall, I like a lot of the things that Amazon tries to accomplish. I like uh, the subscription-based methodology on some things. I like their shipping. Obviously, getting things immediately is, is awesome. I like a lot of the stuff they've done for people. 
The way they operate their business, on the other hand, is questionable sometimes. Okay, and what I mean by that is, and none of this is proven, so you know we don't know. I'm just saying this based all on opinion and speculation. All yeah, opinion this is all opinion and speculation. Although I do, I have worked directly with Amazon in the past too, so I can't say that personally. The way they conduct some of their business is questionable. But in regards to gaming, Doctor Disrespect has now returned to YouTube. And so, actually, a couple things here. And Ninja, actually. Was this all last week this happened, right? Ninja as well. So Yeah, I think Ninja was, like, in a week or two. But, yeah, this is yeah. it. But he he hit – he went on Twitch and had, like, 70,000 viewers or something. Ninja, yeah. So Nin- yeah, Ninja. Ninja – or, no, Ninja, I think, had, like, 50. I think it was 50. I don't know. It was something, so, something between those numbers. But 50 or 7,000 – 50,000, 70,000. <laughs> well, it's funny because people were joking, too. They're like, hey, Ninja, congratulations. You hit affiliate. So <laughs> – so yeah, like in two seconds. So, all right, Ninja, Ninja. So Ninja streams, gets like 40, 50K, awesome. He streamed with uh, Dr. Lupo, I think, and they play Fortnite. So then we have Dr. Disrespect returns. So Dr. Disrespect puts up his first stream. His first stream hits like 70K, hits more than Ninja. I don't know the exact numbers off the top of my head, but mm, I'm pretty sure yeah, it's right. more than Ninja. And, the, and he never appeared on the stream. <laughs> he literally just like... Had the stream just chilling. Then he streams again for the second time. Now he does show up. This is like his official, you know, on back stream. 500,000 views. Mm. Holy shit. Okay, this guy is a genius, regardless of what he may or may not have done in the past. Now, what he did say on the stream in regards to what happened with Amazon. Oh, boy. So... He basically – he dragged it out a little bit. He waited. You know, it, One of the first things he said on the stream was, I know you guys are all here for one reason. You want to know why. Just wait. So you know, he gets to it later on in the stream. And essentially he says, I don't care if you guys don't believe me. I know a lot of you won't believe me. But I promise you I have no idea why the hell I was banned. And obviously hearing something like that from Dr. Disrespect, knowing what happened – we know that Amazon never really told him anything, at least from what everybody out in the news is saying. And at one point, I saw something on YouTube where the email that was sent to him, basically somebody summarized it and said that Dr. Disrespect reached out to Amazon and they just said that he was banned. Like that was their response was, you've been banned. So, um, so if that is the case and Amazon literally has no reason, that's just really poor business and really poor – I guess you could call it customer service at that point, but also PR. Um, in today's day and age, immediate responses are needed. You can't sit there and not give a response to something positive or negative, not right away. Like you need to be on top of that, on top of the news, giving a response. For them to have waited this long tells me that they are hiding something. Uh, Dr. Disrespect said he's not really going to say much more on the case. He's going to let the lawyers deal with it. And that's basically where, where he left it. And I think that should probably tell a lot of people what the what the situation is, is turning into now. So very, very curious to see how that turns out here in the next couple of months or what new news comes to light in the next couple of weeks or so. So what are your thoughts on it? Um, you know, I'd love to see what actually happened at the end of the day. Um, I'm sure the light will be uh, shown sooner rather than later on why he was banned. Um, it's going to be a battle. He has over 2 million subscribers on YouTube. So um, if he decides to stream on YouTube, he'll be just fine, it looks like. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, honestly, it, it's one of these things where it's kind of like, they built their brand on on Twitch and stuff, and they've oh, they probably always used like YouTube and other means of uh, streaming to grow their brand. So I don't think like him being banned on Twitch doesn't really matter anymore because he'll probably make more money somewhere else anyways. Yeah, and yeah. like you had said in the in the past, you were thinking that maybe. Twitch was looking to try to get out of some of their contracts or some of their uh, different partnerships. And so they're trying to, and with everyone getting banned these days over crazy stuff and, and some, some things very serious. um, I believe that it's possible that they could be just trying to find technicality, Tim, Mm-hmm. And being like, oh, you know what? We've decided we're going to terminate your contract because of, yeah. of XYZ. You have a 
uh, a problem in the past that have come up. So it's not your first offense. So we feel like since this could be a minor infraction, but an infraction nonetheless, we've decided to uh, terminate your account in your partnership with Twitch. And yeah. so as much as it sucks, he um, has other means of making money and doing things. And I, and I think it, I'm sure he has some type of situation with YouTube in regards to the type of money he makes with that many viewers and subscribers. And he has a merchandise site. He's got a champions club that people, um, I don't know if that's a side thing or whatever, but yeah. And, and right. just to, as a note to everybody listening to, so neither Dr. D or, Stroud, for that matter, or Ninja, um, have signed to specifically Twitch or YouTube. I actually don't think anybody will sign to anybody in particular. I think nobody wants. Yeah, to I don't think exclusivity. Yeah, I don't think exclusivity is the the big deal. And there are people like let's if we talk about Shroud and we talk about Ninja, they don't need to play another game a day in their life based off of that that contract, those original contracts. So they don't need to sign exclusivity anymore. They've made their bank. Um, yeah, just go do other business uh, endeavors. So now yeah, they can do other business things, um, you know, and you can see it here. He's got Dr. Disrespect's got his own shop, uh, championsclub.gg, and um, he's got T-shirts, sweatshirts, you know, stuff like that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Dr. Disrespect goes and tries to work out a deal with uh, Under Armour or something. <laughs> no, no, like, no, I mean, let's go, like, go. you want to go really crazy. Like, he's a huge, like, gamer with, like, Call of Duty and stuff like that. If he didn't go to, like, Smith & Wesson and had a Dr. Disrespect Ooh. freaking gun made. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Yeah, wow. That would actually, be, oh my god, so many people would buy that, especially with everything surrounding guns in the last couple of years. So, um, you get the black market Doctor Disrespect Smith and Weston gun from China. Right, like, exactly. <laughs> oh, it's time man. to get down. So yeah, I um, I have to say that um, you know whatever they decide to do, go for it. Hopefully, whatever the ban is, it isn't like a real serious thing because it is kind of shitty. Some of the stuff that's happened with him in the past. Um, you know, and some of the stupid things he's done, but he's got a fan club, so he's doing all right for himself. And we can only hope as aspiring streamers and podcasters that one day we have as many subscribers on YouTube as he does. One day. <laughs> one day. Team effort, everybody. Team effort. But now, guys, as we move on, it is time for once again your favorite part of this podcast. It is Rough House Deals. <laughs> and we have a couple of uh, we have a couple of good games that are coming out for free. One that already is that I actually played yesterday. Um, it is probably like a half hour game. It's not going to take a lot of your time, but it's an episodic. Nice. It is called um, Three Out of Ten, Episode One. Welcome to Shovelworks. And what this game is is basically um, you find yourself working for a game company, and they're making a game. And currently, their pre their rating for the game is three out of ten. And the whole point of the game is to, from what I understand, keep the rating at three out of ten and don't go lower than that. <laughs> so <That's> interesting. <laughs> yes. So um, the here is the breakdown of the game. Join the ongoing adventures of developers at the world's worst video game studio as they endure antics both absurd and topical. This week, Midge joins Shovelwork Studios as a new animator, but not all is as it seems at the studio. And this is actually the case. You play as Midge. Um, you don't have to actually play through the game, believe it or not. They, they let you skip the gameplay if you want and just watch the, the whole thing play out. And it is hilarious. It has got a lot of fun things in it. Um, I won't spoil anything for anyone because it's free. So I would implore you to download it and play it for a half hour. It's about a half hour gameplay. And, um, and see what it's all about. It's funny, especially if you're a gamer and you've ever dealt with any developers or engineers in the past. It's got a lot of funny things Um there as well so I, I highly recommend it as a fun little game and it's free they're going to be releasing episodes i think almost weekly i uh, from what i read so i don't know if every episode is going to be free but the first one is so it's available now it'll be available until august 13th so get it if you want it it's a lot of fun it's definitely august a new concept 
definitely yeah. a new god. So I've not heard of a game like that. So that's cool. Yeah. So it's um, it's very it's funny. So August thirteenth, Remnant from the Ashes. Uh, this game we own. We played it together. It's pretty good. We've we've actually streamed it together. Um, and uh, I would highly recommend that if you're interested in getting a a third person shooter that's kind of like a Dark Souls ish adventure, um, I would highly highly recommend this one. Uh, the world has been thrown into chaos by an ancient evil from another dimension. As one of the last remnants of humanity, you must set out alone or alongside up to two other survivors to face down hordes of deadly enemies to retake what was lost. Fun game. Highly recommend it for free. It's normally $40, so it's a, a pretty high-end pricey title that you can get now. And then August 13th, also, you will be able to get the Alto Collection across the endless desert and atop an alpine expanse. Two journeys full of wonder await. Choose your path and set off on a thrilling snowboarding or sandboarding adventure with Alto and friends. Also releasing August 13th for free. Um, so those are all on the Epic Game Store. Highly recommend that you get it before Epic Game Store is no more because Trump bans it. I mean, <laughs> Wait, it. Huh? I didn't hear that. What? <laughs> what? Um, but I, I would I would super highly recommend getting Remnant. And if you guys do get Remnant, um, SGW and I have it and let's play together. Why not? So if any of you guys want to have some fun, we need to Definitely. do that again. We haven't done it in a while. We should do a co-stream and yeah, I agree. together. It's been, it was a lot of fun when we used to do it. We used to do it every Friday night. And then you became this legends of rune Terra guru <laughs> and uh, have to stream all these, uh, all these tournaments and stuff. And then we lost touch. So yeah, I listen. Legends of Runeterra is just like I. Uh, there's a lot to do, man. There's a lot to do. So, so we need to. So we need to get back on it, and we need to co-stream a game. Maybe we'll co-stream Remnant again and see where we are. But anyways, uh, that is your free games for the week on the Epic Game Store through Rough House Deals. Oh yeah. yeah! All right. So now I'm about to educate y'all <laughs> with. Uh, with some of the games coming out this week, not as many this week. Uh, one of them was actually already mentioned last week, too. We talked about, uh, is it wrong to try to pick up Girls in the Dungeon? And I am not asking a question. That's actually the title of the game. It is actually coming out for uh, the U.S. now. I think it was EU. That was last week. So right. it's coming out for the U.S. on August 11th. So in case you guys are worried about whether or not you can pick up this game, it actually did look not bad <laughs> as far as a JRPG is concerned. Yeah. So uh, pretty interesting game. Pop-Up Dungeon, August 12th, is coming out, uh, actually, for PC. So, a tactical roguelike. So, we are very familiar with all of that. Uh, RPG inspired by our favorite tabletop games that let you create any ability item, villain, hero, and game imaginable. So, it's actually, yeah, so it's 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 a roguelike RPG, but it looks like you can kind of create your own stuff in it. Um uh, Definitely a different type of tactical roguelike RPG than what we're used to. Uh, so it's a little little interesting if you guys want to check that out. Again, that is August uh, 12th, it looks like, for PC. A Total War Saga, Troy, is coming out on August 13th. Uh, it's the first in the award-winning strategy series to focus on the Bronze Age Mediterranean and the legendary 20-year conflict between the kingdoms of Troy and Mycenaean Greece, known as the Trojan War. So uh, this looks pretty cool. This just it reminds me of Age of Empires. It's not an actual RTS game, so I don't mean it like that. I just whenever I think of the Bronze Age, I just I picture Age of Empires in my head for some reason. Uh, does look like a pretty cool game though. Uh, I'm actually doesn't really say. I see a lot of like fighting and battling. Uh, it looks almost like a uh, Total War type deal as far as the gameplay is concerned. So, uh, but again, that comes out on August 13th for PC. Kill it with fire. Also, August 13th for, again, PC. Uh, it's a first-person action game about hunting spiders and causing collateral damage. Apparently, you have to kill spiders with things that also damage the environment around you. Uh, so, basically, I see somebody trying to flamethrower the spider, but also burn down the house simultaneously. Because, hey, as long as you complete the objective of killing the spider, it's okay. It's fine. Insurance well, will cover it. I mean... Well, to be fair, if you've if you've ever had like a, a dislike of bugs or spiders in the in the sense you you kind of you kind of yeah. share that whole thing like um, 
you grab whatever you can to to take it out and in some cases it may be extreme i still uh laugh at this one cartoon in which a house is burning down and the like the family's outside and the the reporter is in front of them and says what happened here and the kid's like poor spider (laughs) and it was just like that's like what ends and the house is on fire so i get that um but uh, so keep keep going um before you end, though, I do want to uh, circle back to one of the games you mentioned, but go, keep, keep going. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. And uh, just that one's actually thirteen forty nine available for pre purchase right now. It's fourteen ninety nine uh, if you do get it when it comes out. Just FYI. Uh, then we have Eastern Exorcist, August fourteenth for PC. Uh, it's a stunning two D side scrolling action RPG set in a fantasy Eastern world with the vicious spirits and monsters. Played as a skilled exorcist against chaotic evil to fight your way through the brutal world and experience different stories of joy and sorrow. Uh, Okay, well, there's uh, there's that. That comes out on, again, the 14th, uh, developed by Wildfire Games. UFC 4, we all know what that is, coming out for PS4 and Xbox One on August 14th. And uh, another game that we know what it is, Microsoft Flight Simulator, coming out for PC you can pre-purchase it for fifty nine ninety nine. Uh, just your general good old flight simulator. So what what was it that you wanted to go ahead and try to? Uh, uh, so um, talk just about? just straight up, uh, we did have another drop. SJW, it looks like we had a, a disconnection. Yeah, why? Yeah, my because uh, you are not because you're not off because you did go offline and I didn't see. The last piece. It looks like my Zencaster was still recording your audio, though. Yeah, everything but, on my um, end is still working. That's weird. All right, it just yeah. popped back on too. It, it like disconnected yeah, and, and popped back on. Yeah, and you're offline on the thing, but we I, and I marked it in our timeline. So interesting. It's back up. Um, yep. So I just wanted to go back to Pop Up Dungeon real quick. I find this to be a very interesting um thing and i and i'd love to see how far they're gonna go with this because you could technically do your own dungeons and dragons game host your own dungeons and dragons game with this and you are the creator of the whole thing like what dungeons and dragons really is you set the experience for everyone so but i'm trying to see because it does say shared split screen co-op but also says there is remote play together so interesting i wonder and maybe this could be our uh, maybe this could be our game if it's not expensive maybe we we try to co-stream this game and, and yeah it doesn't say the price there does it no it doesn't just, yeah. just adding to your you can add to your wish list um but yeah, this it does look like i mean it does look like it'd be pretty fun try to out with you so we've, I would, we've I would, all I would been like, kind of like to attempt to try that game so out if possible this could definitely be the game yeah with that being said i think we are going to end this podcast please make sure you like subscribe do all that fun stuff that you would do ring that bell if you're on youtube and guys we will see you soon